Dan, come on up here, buddy. How many of you love Dan? Come on, we love Dan. Come on, raise the roof for Dan. I call him Danimal. The Danimal. And yeah, this is uh, his, his beloved wife, Sarah. Yes, they're amazing. All right, well, they're gonna, he's, Dan's going to share the word with us tonight. I'm just going to pray for a moment. If you don't mind, just you know, pray for me. However you feel led, just the Lord would do what he wants to do. God, we just thank you that you're real. Lord, we thank you that you're, you're not a gimmick. You're no joke, Lord. You're not a religious structure that we've created in our minds, Lord. You're not just some faraway thing that we think about, that we set our minds to. You're present. You're real. God, I just want to experience you as real, Lord, all the time. Lord, I want to experience you as a real person. And Father, we just honor you, Lord. We welcome and honor you and invite you, Lord. Even though you're already here, you live in all of us, you dwell everywhere, Lord, still. We just, we honor you, Lord, as a, as a father, Lord. We honor you as, as our closest friend, Lord, as our closest ally, Lord, we just honor you for all that you are, Lord, for all your goodness, for all your faithfulness, Lord. Everything that you are, Lord, is wonderful, and we're privileged to know you, Lord, we're privileged to have you. We just welcome you, Lord, we honor you. You are our honored guest in this place, Lord. We just ask that you sit here and be glorified, Lord, as we adore you. Lord, open our eyes to just gaze upon your glory and your beauty, Lord, and just enjoy you as a person, Lord. Uh, not to enjoy you as a concept, Lord, or a means to an end. We just want to enjoy you for who you are and know the real you. And I just ask you to have your way and do whatever you want, God. And just let your name be glorified. Amen. So, I think it's really interesting that that Tom felt led to take it there at the end because part of what we're going to talk about today is it's connected to the, the concept of intimacy but not in the, the physical reality of intimacy but the spiritual reality of intimacy and I'll throw this out at the beginning and I'll come back to it uh, the Lord took me to a place this week of repenting for um, pursuing intimacy with him apart from relationship and I'll talk about what that means. Because when the Lord first told me that, I think it was on Monday, I was like, what do you even mean? Like, how is there such a thing as intimacy that's not relationship, you know, with the Lord and with the Father? And um, so anyway, we'll jump into that in a second. But it was, it really surprised me. And it really, I was like, wow, God, I had no idea that that existed. <laughs> and then that I was doing that, that I was pursuing you in a way that was about intimacy and what honestly what I could receive in an intimate encounter with God without somehow also pursuing him for a relationship and uh, so I'll define that a little better in a little bit but the past I don't know would you say like the past month we've been going through this like duty and delight and relationship kind of dialogue about just what God has been saying for all of us and in our community and you know it's so great being a part of a a spirit-led community, a prophetic community that no one is like mapping out at the beginning of the year. Here's our sermon topics for the year. And then you end up in those things and who knows what God, where God really is, you know. But it's so nice when we just 
we're not going to talk about anything unless it's what God has on our hearts. So it's interesting to me to see how long that we've been kind of coming in circles around the same thought, the same idea of putting relationship with God above anything else and really making that like the avenue that we approach God for even our responsibility and our duty and that stuff that we also is part of our you know our interaction with God but coming through that kind of door I guess relationship as the appropriate door honestly and so we've been there so long I just you know I was thinking about this earlier today you know it kind of means two things to me it means one this is like super important to God um, that he would keep us here so long and then the second thing it tells me is that we probably don't get it yet <laughs> that's why that's why he's like all right week three jonathan go <laughs> do it again get the whiteboard um, so anyway he's so faithful and he's so good and he's been it's one of those things like when i first came to eastgate me and my wife uh two years ago i knew pretty much from day one i knew that something eastgate had for me that i was supposed to get was the idea of sonship and really knowing god as a father like beyond just the concept of he's a father and i'm a son but i knew that in my heart there was a disconnect of really knowing him that way and believing that that's who he was to me that he really valued me in the same way that i value my son and so i knew that was a big part of you know what i was supposed to be getting at eastgate and it took at least six to eight months before I felt like I even took a baby step and like actual like gaining something from it. It was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go with this. I'm like, I know it's coming and I'm waiting and I'm asking. And I feel like this idea of relationship has been a similar one, only a more compacted time frame where I've known for, you know, weeks. As soon as Jonathan started talking about this stuff, I was like, Okay, it was like putting language to some feelings that I had that God was stirring that I didn't really know what they were. It's like, oh, he really wants to be a friend. Like, he really, like, he's always wanted to be a friend. He's waiting for me to be a friend to him. Like, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do the same stuff I always did because I don't know what that means to be a friend. And so it's been kind of that same thing. Like, I knew sonship was coming and, you know, gaining ground in that area, but I didn't know how to pursue it until God started like in just life you know processing me through it and stuff would come up in difficult times it was like this is where you don't believe I'm a father this is where you're an orphan where you don't know and so this whole idea with relationship with me and God it's been about friendship is the word that he keeps bringing to me like he really wants me to know beyond just the intellectual ascent that yes I am a friend of God I sing that song or I did in the 90s or whenever it came out yeah there you go. Come on, Tom. Come see. Um, so I've just been waiting, waiting on the Lord. And then he started to to bring it up. And kind of one of the first things that God <clears throat> started doing, he's been doing with me the past few weeks is he, and this is something that Jonathan has referenced, he just, you know, completely just kind of like threw aside my quiet time in, in terms of like the structure that I had made for it. And there's been other seasons where he's done that. He's like, hey, we're not doing it like that anymore. Figure out, <laughs> you know, where I am and what the new thing is. And, you know, I had been in this place with God for a few months or maybe longer than that that I really enjoyed of learning how he, you know, sanctifies our imagination so that we can engage with God in that place so that we can see heavenly things. We can even see the Lord and know the Lord. You can, 
kind of even go into scripture and meditate on it there and exist in a certain sense there through your imagination. I was like, oh God, this is crazy. This is awesome. This is cool. You know, I really like this. I could do this all the time. I uh, had some, you know, cool encounters and some revelations and teachings, some other thoughts that God gave me. It's like, this is great. And the Lord had showed me that, you know, there were things in that that the Lord was having me do that was connected to, um, you know, becoming like a fully matured son of God. And, you know, in that scripture where it says that all creation is groaning and waiting for the sons of God to be revealed and to be manifest. And the Lord was showing me, like, as sons of God, we're still commissioned, like Adam and Eve, to rule and reign on the earth, to bring the earth into submission to heaven, to make, to go and see the Father and see heaven, and then make your family, your marriage, your church, everything, you know, reflect those things that you see. So I was really enjoying this stuff. And then it was just like a light switch got turned the other direction. It was like nothing. Like I could wait on the Lord to like, you know, see something. If you're familiar with Etienne, I you know, might wait on the Lord to see my scroll for the morning or something else. And I was like, no scroll. You know, not doing that today. And I was like, okay. Like I know you're after friendship. I know that's why you've shut this thing down. Because I'm the kind of person, maybe all of us are, but I'm definitely the kind of person that if I find something and it works and it's a system, like, oh boy, you know, I like a system. I like something that's like repetitive in nature. It gets me the same results all the time. And I was like, yeah, that's good. And so when the Lord kind of turned that off, I kept, you know, I'd wake up, me and Sarah would wake up when we normally wake up. I'd get my coffee, I'd go sit down with the Lord and be like, this is really boring. I've been here, you know, for however long and I don't know what you want to do. And you know, one morning early this week, I woke up from a dream and the Lord told me, um, did not pursue intimacy apart from relationship. And it's, he said it in the sense of like, that's what you're trying to do. And I'm not letting you right now. And I was like, okay, ouch, you know, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to be your friend? What do you, like, I just don't know. And so I would, you know, the times where I felt most connected with the Lord over the past couple of weeks would be like on the weekends when I had time, like when our kids are taking a nap to go sit out in the backyard and not really do anything, but just kind of exist with God, just acknowledge that he's there and I'm there and we're just, you know, looking at nature, like, you know, I like this, it's peaceful, I would love some insight on my purpose or my calling or you know some cool revelation you know because i love sitting with you but we've been doing that for a couple weeks and i would like some of the other fun stuff uh, or the stuff that you know i kind of get used to and expect and basically what the lord was telling me is that you can it's not like this happens all the time i don't and it's just probably person to person how what kind of a percentage of your time with the Lord is like this, but it's like you enjoy the presence of God, that's good and you meet with God so that you can feel his presence, so you can feel, you know, whatever that means for you when you feel God's presence, when you encounter him, you meet for God because he tells you really loving things, like he tells things to you, he reveals secrets to you, you know, like all these cool kind of things from the Lord, and I was like I thought that was friendship you know, I thought that's what it was. You know, I come, I sit with you. I don't just go through a prayer list. Like, I'm your friend. I do it really good. You know, there's lots of people who don't do this good. I do it good. So what's the deal? And, um, you know, the Lord's been kind of slowly 
I don't claim to have like the full picture right now. But the Lord's been slowly giving me some insight in this. And he was like, you know, with your wife, like you have intimate interaction with your wife, you know. But if that's like every time you meet with your wife, like that's what you want to do. She, it's not going to take her long to be like, yeah, I see what your motives are here. You know, like you're really getting what you want out of the relationship. But it's kind of stopped being a relationship at that point. You know, even though it's a part of a healthy relationship and a really cool and great and you know wonderful part of relationship, whether you know, with your spouse or with God. And not to say you should stop like enjoying God's presence every morning if that's your prayer life, but just you know, ask God like, is this what I think it is? You know, or am I abusing our relationship for my own enjoyment? One thing that the Lord showed me. This week, they kind of confirmed these thoughts and gave some clarity to it. I was listening to an audio book at work, and it's called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Chris Balton. Uh, I said his name fast because I never pronounce it right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Bill Johnson, I think, helped write a little bit of it. But he talks a, a lot in a couple chapters about the idea of um, cohabitating with God. And he says, This is why. When people cohabitate instead of getting married, why it offends God, it's because it's kind of like rejecting covenant and relationship and saying, I'm in this thing as long as it's good for me. And if it starts to turn south, you know, I'm out. And that's and that kind of gave me a little bit more like understanding and grounding of this thought of like pursuing intimacy with the Lord apart from relationship. And um Get my phone out. I got a couple of notes. So again, I don't have like the complete picture on what that is and what it means, but it might just be something for you to take before the Lord and just be like, "Is does this exist in our relationship where I'm pursuing you for for that kind of thing and not for genuine relationship?" And even just the question I've been asking most often the past couple of weeks is just what is relationship to you like I know what it is for me because that's what I've been doing but what is relationship to you and um it's like something the Lord was showing me connected to this was in the prodigal son story and uh that Jonathan referenced in Luke 15 I guess and the Lord was showing me like another way that I pursue kind of pursue the Lord for something apart from relationship is when I pursue him related to like prophetic words that I've been given like you know I've kind of felt that this is what my calling is my ministry is supposed to be and then you confirm it through a prophet or something like that like yes you know I'm real excited that is what I'm supposed to be doing I love that you know I'm waiting for that and just you know a lot of my time with the Lord is about what do you got to say about that thing that I'm called to do that I'm going to be awesome at you know and recently the Lord um, you know he's been Showing me and Sarah some things, things that um, kind of like specific applications to our calling that we know are in the not too distant future. And so that's always an exciting thing too. Like, oh, like the next thing, the next adventure is coming. And so, you know, a lot of my time with the Lord, we're like, okay, yeah, that stuff's cool. But, you know, let's talk about this thing that you've been showing me about my future, about my calling. And let's listen to that prophetic word that I got again. And uh, that stuff's not necessarily wrong in of itself and I don't think the Lord was like angry necessarily um, but what he showed me is in that prodigal son's story he says that you can pursue an inheritance apart from relationship too 
And he says, if you're not careful, you'll be a prodigal son. You'll say, thank you for the inheritance. He never once in that story says, thanks for the inheritance, you big fat jerk. I hate you. You were never a good father. He's just like, hey, I want it. I want this inheritance. I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go do my thing. It's my show now. And he rejects relationship in that moment. And so that was the... That was kind of two things that the Lord told me, like you can per, you can pursue something that is not bad at all in of itself, but you can pursue it apart from me. And he says, if you're not careful, uh, what he was basically telling me is a lot of people go that route and never realize it. They knew God called them to something. He says, whatever, he was telling me, whatever little bit of like orphan or whatever little bit of insecurity you still have left in you is gonna run towards purpose. It's going to run towards having a, a calling, having a ministry, having significance because you feel like, you know, that wound, that orphan-hearted wound, that insecurity is going to be met in that place. And so without even realizing it, we can become obsessed and make an idol out of that calling, out of that ministry, out of that gifting, out of that anointing. And the Lord was showing me that in Matthew 7, when he says to these people, like, you know, I don't know you, your goats to this side. And they say, but did we not you know, do any mighty miracles in your name and cast out demons and you know, prophesy? And you know, I don't remember the whole list, but lots of really big stuff. And you know, we've talked about this passage quite a few times. And he never says you didn't do that stuff. He just says you didn't know me. And I felt like the Lord was saying, that's a, like, it is that thing. It's when someone who's orphan hearted, who doesn't know their father, gets an anointing and gets a calling and realizes that they can run with it. Like the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Like once you have it, you have it. Like once you have an anointing, once you, you know, receive that empowerment from the Lord, you have it. You can go do stuff. If you, you know, I don't want to say more than what the Lord told me, but like if you have a prophetic gifting, you could probably prophesy over a lot of people if you just walked into the mall and started prophesying. But you could also do that for the sake of your own orphan heart to satisfy yourself, to make you feel good about who you are and not actually know your father. And um, so whatever, like, you know, we're a prophetic community. We've all received, or if you haven't, you will, you know, prophetic words and destiny spoken over our lives. And it's so good and it's important and we need it. But it's also so, there's an exact phrase God gave me. I want to give you this. He told me it is so dangerous to grow an influence with an unhealed heart. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> that's so good. Yeah, it's a really sobering thought because that's what we're trying to do, even as a community. Like, God is giving us, like, the warnings as we start growing in this. Like, we're growing in influence as a community and as individuals. We're growing in authority. We're growing even in our seat of government in the city and in intercession. We're, you know, trying to raise up powerful people who know that they're sons of God and what that means. And it means that you're pretty awesome. You know, you can do some amazing things in the name of the Lord. Um, but if you do it with an unhealed heart, there's a great danger there. Um, another piece of scripture the Lord showed me that kind of confirms and backs up this concept is when Paul is in prison and he says that there are many who are preaching Christ out of selfish motives. 
and he says there's some who are preaching Christ out of pure motives, and he says that he rejoices in both because either way the gospel is going out and people are getting saved, which means the people doing it from selfish motives who are jealous of Paul, they were still anointed to preach the good news, to be evangelists, to see people saved, and I'm sure that many of them had you know healing gifts and other things that backed up that evangelistic word, and he says very clearly they were doing it you know, out of jealousy of me, wanting to cause me trouble, so that insecure, jealous heart can do things that look really holy and really special and be doing them out of a place that rejects relationship and just says yes to gifting and to anointing. So something I've been kind of asking the Lord lately, because the Lord had put it in my heart you know, months ago, just during a time of worship to, you know, just kind of call out to him, teach me to do the things that kings do, because he's calling us to be kings on the earth, kings and priests. And then lately he's been showing me this prayer, which is teach me to do the things that sons do and teach me to do the things that friends do. And what I quickly realize is I have no idea what you really want out of your friends, because I would have thought you wanted your friends to enjoy your presence and to go do the works of the kingdom and to destroy the works of the devil. And, and I mean, that is something that friends do, but that is not friendship to God. Um, and so I also, I don't know, the Lord took me to a really somber, not somber, I don't know if that's the right word, I guess just a really serious, really holy moment with the Lord when he spoke that word about you know, you can pursue inheritance apart from relationship. And I felt a certain sense of the fear of God. Like, he, I know he has a great calling for me and my wife. And I know that it'll be awesome and it'll be special. And I'm so afraid that I might fall in love with that, you know, more than the Lord. And that whatever bits of unhealed heart are left in me might assuage my, you know, my weakness with those feelings of ministry. So the Lord led me just to make a like a covenant agreement with him that I will not pursue an inheritance apart from relationship. And he brought to mind when David said, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than um, spend, you know, 10,000 days, or is that what he said? Spend a day as a doorkeeper? Yeah, and spend a, a thousand days somewhere else. And I felt like it's, it's the same idea. It's better just to be a friend of God that has no ministry, has no calling that anyone knows about than to, you know, be whoever you might imagine yourself being that would make you feel fulfilled. Okay, so practically speaking, really it was just this morning with the Lord where I felt like I finally stepped into like making some ground on like what do you really want your friends to be? Like what do you want it to look like? And, um, you know, I was just, I didn't know what else to do other than what I've always been doing. You know, you just kind of don't know what you don't know. And so the alarm goes off. Actually, more than the alarm, one of our children went off <laughs> at 5.18 in the morning, and he shall be uh, remain nameless. <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, so, yeah, we wake up nice and early. And I go and get my coffee, and I went, you know, into our living room where I, I always go to spend time with the Lord in the mornings during the work week. And I got my coffee, 
and I've got the Lord, I know he's here, I know he's there, and I'm still just asking that same question, like, what do you want to do? <laughs> Tell me what we're doing. I'm so tired of just sipping coffee with you, and no one says anything, so what are we doing? Um, and I felt like the Lord brought to mind the stuff that he wasn't letting me do, which was to use my imagination to encounter him and to, like, encounter heavenly places and heavenly things and encounter the Lord like in his throne room and that kind of thing I just felt like you brought that to mind it was kind of like what do you think that thing is for like I showed it to you but what do you think it's really for and like I don't know I mean I guess it's not what I thought it was for which was to get like my agenda for the day and to get equipped and to be empowered like I thought that was what it was for and he was like it's so we can have a real relationship it's like, so you can see me face to face, so we can sit next to each other in a way that's a little more grounded in you being able to engage with it. Um, what I feel like I've been learning, one of the things I've been learning the past couple weeks is how often I talk about God, and even when I talk to God, it's more like I'm talking to an idea than a person. Like, there's just, you just feel like a certain kind of distance, you know, and you even need you've been in church long enough you even use like churchy christian words a lot when you're supposed to be talking to god and you're really just kind of talking up in the air about god and he was like you know just imagine you're with me like you would with a friend and whatever you would do with a real friend a real human friend let's do that he's like okay i don't really know where to where to begin and my first thought was you know, in the times where I like use my imagination before or see things, I was never just like hanging out with God. And so my wife, and, and a lot of her times, the Lord, she's like sitting in the Father's lap. It's like, okay, we'll try that. It's like, no, don't like that. <laughs> I'm like, that's not where it is. I don't want to do that one. And it's like, <laughs> I've heard other people. I was like, yeah, it's just I don't get that. It's like, do I even turn back to looking? Like, I don't get that. I'm like, you know, am I looking forward and you're talking behind my head? So it was just. That just wasn't the one for me. And so then I was like, you know, I'm picturing kind of like a throne throne room, like God is on this exalted throne, like a white kind of marble castle temple kind of looking thing, and like angels and other holy beings. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit next to you on your throne. I'm like, okay, but we're still like both looking out. So I'm like, I'm going to sit like cross-legged Indian, Indian style, and I'm going to face you, and we'll face each other. And it's like, uh... It's like, I don't normally talk to my friends on a throne with, like, myriads of angels milling about going to and fro. It's like, this is not working. <laughs> and I just felt like the Lord was like, is this what you would do with a friend? You know, obviously you wouldn't, like, go to Starbucks and sit on top of a table with everyone looking at you and try to have an intimate conversation. It's like... I don't know, Lord. I was like, where do you want to go? Like, what do you like doing in these kind of moments? And just instantly, it was like, like we're gone. And um, we end up sitting on, I guess, like a giant meteor or something. And we're just like sitting there, we're just like looking at this beautiful, like kind of array of stars and stuff. And it's funny, it's like when I spend time with the Lord and there's no agenda, I'm usually sitting somewhere in nature just gazing upon it just somehow connecting with the lord through just gazing upon his creation and for some reason that helps me drop my agendas and i can just enjoy aspects of who he is and just 
creativeness and just enjoy him for who he is, I guess. And so it was, it was like a replica of that, only like on cocaine, you know. It was like, this is better than some trees and some grass. Like, this is pretty cool. And so I'm just like sitting there next to God, and I'm like, okay, we're looking at stuff. It's cool. But what comes next, <laughs> you know, like, still don't know how to be your friend, although this is definitely better than sitting on the throne awkwardly. And... I just felt like the Lord wanted me to ask him questions like, if you if you want to have a friendship with someone, you have to get to know them. It's like, I've read the Bible, you know, I've had it read to me probably since I was in the womb, and I've read it myself since I was 11 or 12 years old, kind of voraciously. I was I really enjoyed the Bible when I was younger. It's like, I know lots of things about you. Um, and the Lord reminded me, of uh, my son James and one of his favorite things for me to do is to ask him what is your favorite blank like he really wants to tell me what his favorite color is or what his favorite food is or what his favorite dinosaur is and so we could probably play that game for like 10 years and he wouldn't get tired of like telling me about who he is and what he likes I was like I have never asked you what your favorite anything is I have never asked you any kind of like intimate friend question other than just like show me who you are or forgive me, you know. Which I don't know. I don't know what all I say wow. to the Lord, but I've never asked him like what's your favorite color? Um, I was like I don't even know what to call you. Like I call you God, I call you Father all the time, but right now we're sitting as friends and that feels so distant and impersonal. It's like, I don't even know your name. Like, do you have a nickname? I seriously asked him, like, do you have a nickname? Like, what, I mean, do I call you Yahweh? You know, it just <laughs> felt so formal. And, you know, I've always been taught, like, the Jews, they wouldn't even write out the full thing, you know, because it was so holy. They just, like, wouldn't even touch the name Yahweh. And it just feel like a blank line, you know, where the name Yahweh is supposed to go. I was like, I don't know. I mean, all your names feel so formal. I was like, what? what is your name you know felt like moses like what do i say who do i say i was talking to when they asked me later and um i was gonna throw out a joke and make up a name real quick i was like i'm not gonna do it <laughs> um, i know i know don't do that uh, no the only the only thing that he that he gave me at least this morning was just Yahweh. He was like, you know, Yahweh will work. Like, that is my name. And even though people have made it such a religious thing, like, oh, you can't touch my name, it's actually kind of the opposite of what he wants. He doesn't want, even though he's holy and he, he needs to be treated as holy, he doesn't want with his friends, with his children, that his name is so holy that we can't even talk to him like it's his real name. So I feel like I learned God's name today. Come on. Um, <laughs> So I had my real coffee in my hands during all this, and I was very aware of how delicious it was. Very spiritual. Uh-huh, it was. <laughs> and then, so, in that image of where I'm seated with God in that nebulous um, outer space place, I, uh, I had coffee there, too. I was like, oh, yeah, I've got coffee. I've got a little place right here for my coffee. Perfect. And I was like, do you like coffee? And I, and I turn and look, and he's like, <laughs> bring a cup of coffee it's like of course you like coffee you made coffee of course you like it 
but he also just laughed, like threw his head back and just laughed, just like this beautiful laugh. It's like, I have never seen God do that before. Like I've always assumed that he's happy and that, he's, that he laughs, but I've never seen him do it. And he thought it was funny that he knew my question, so he was already bringing the coffee up to his face when I asked him. And um, so anyway, there's you know, I asked some other questions, and that's just kind of where I was. It's like, boy, I feel like for the first time in my like 22 years of being a Christian, of being born again, for the maybe probably for the first time since I was 12 years old, I'm talking to you like you're a person and like you're a friend and not like you're a means to my calling and my purpose or you're a means to make me not feel shamed or you're a means to something. It's like I'm just enjoying him for who he is uh, apart from an agenda. And the biggest thing right now is just like discovering him in the relationship. You know, I'm excited to do it. I'm excited to ask him other questions beyond just what do you think about sin and you know like all these really spiritual questions as opposed to just like um what's your i asked him today i was like what's your favorite kind of music like out of eons of music that you've heard like what do you prefer like do you enjoy one instrument over another like things that i've never ever ever thought about asking god before because i wasn't treating him like a real friend and like a real person you know and there was also there's also just some time of just repentance. Like, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I treated you like that. I just again, you don't know what you don't know, and I had no idea that I was treating you like the prodigal son to some level. I was treating you like a genuine father. You know, I appreciate who you are, but I've kind of got some other agendas than just knowing you. Um, and so I guess something else I'm I've been learning even today is that a lot of times when I was pursuing God to know something about him it really was just that to know something about him you know and kind of that competitive like uh christian nerd you know young pastor circle where it's about what revelation do you have like what new teaching can you bring or thing like that and so um anyway that's where i've been and i feel like i feel like this is a big thing for all of us right now in this season that we're at because i feel like the sky is the limit for what God wants to do in his sons and daughters on the earth right now. I feel like doors are being opened up that they've probably been accessible at some level, but now they're like just really accessible and wide open. And God's plan for his church is big and it's glorious and it's beautiful. But if we don't, if we don't know him as a friend and if we don't let him heal the insecurities that are left in our heart, we'll end up pursuing him as a means to an end and there's a real danger of being that matthew 7 kind of person who can prophesy and cast out demons and do great signs and wonders but never actually knew god um, so i just encourage you to take that stuff to the lord and just ex explore with him i don't i don't think you know, God hates religion so much because it rejects relationship. It just makes a structure so you don't have to know him. You just have like some rules to follow. And so I'm definitely not saying just do whatever I did this morning, but maybe something like that. I don't know. Just figure it out. For me, it was just the question of like, what do you really want out of friendship? Like, how do you really want to interact with a friend? 
and even like Moses and Abraham, they were your friends. What did you guys do? <laughs> you know, like what was that about? What was it like when Moses would sit with you? I always assumed it was like, and next week the Israelites are going to do this, and they're going to go to this place, and uh, these ones have been bad, and you need to correct them. And you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know what I was imagining. Probably whatever my orphan heart was telling me that God was like. That's what I imagined that God's friend Moses was doing with all these face-to-face -face interactions. And I just love that he's just breaking every paradigm and every structure of false understanding that I have uh, just about what it means to be his friend. So I think that's all I've got. If you guys have anything to add on or... Isn't it amazing? Uh, here, here's like, like, we want to respond to this. And, um, you know, I, I love... I love the different beauties of the perspectives of Jesus because I just love how he articulates the gospel just so clearly. And um, it's amazing. It's a really, it really truly is a gift. But we want to position our hearts um, really to be a friend of Jesus. And, you know, I'm just going to just ask you where you are right now. Um, just position yourself, uh, you know, uh, just as we just kind of go into a song. If you guys need to step out and leave, you can. And I know... John has some words he wants to share that he feels like are from the Lord uh, as well. But I want to just want to invite you guys just to posture your hearts. Um, if you need to bow somewhere, uh, if you need to turn around and just get in your chair, um, you know, what does it look like to, I think you give a very practical way of what, it, what does it look like to be a friend of Jesus? And, and the Lord's calling us to be fr his friends and, and just bust the box of religion. Come on. Can we do that? Can we just bow our heads? Can we just posture ourselves uh, all around this room right now just for just for a couple minutes? Just with the Lord, just, just think about that. Being a friend of Jesus. Jesus is calling us to be his friends and he says, I, you know, in the Old Testament, he shares his secrets with the prophets. And he says, oh, I wish that all of my people were prophets because he, he referred to his prophets as friends because they would spend time with him. And we know that John the Baptist was the last of the prophets. He said that the, the, even you are greater than John. And I believe it's the desire of the Lord for us all to be his friends. So, Father, we just come to you right now. You're calling that we would be your friends. We would be your sons. We would be your servants. We would all these come out of the realm of, of just friendship, out of just connection with you, connection with the Father, connection through the Son, connection by the Spirit. And Lord, it just comes with the question, Lord, we don't know how to be your friends. But Father, your Spirit will lead us and teach us and guide us in all things and instruct us. And if that's your prayer right now, would you just say, Father, instruct me. Holy Spirit, come and lead me into friendship. Come and lead me into friendship with the bridegroom. Come and give me questions. Come and give me spirit-led questions that I can ask, that I can posture my heart just to know you in a new way. Not in a religious way, out of doing, out of striving, but out of just the best friend that I could ever want to be with, that I could just want to walk with, and I just feel so comfortable and confident that you just want to be my friend.
that you don't ask anything of me, but yet you give everything to me. Father, this is the friendship that everyone's looking for. The faithful friend of Jesus. There's no greater friend than this, no greater love, that you would come and say, I want to be your friend. Father, we want to know what it means to have covenantal friendship with you. We love you, Jesus. You've captured our hearts tonight. We just say yes. Yes to friendship. It's no longer strange to think of you this way. All the walls falling down. All the religion crumbling, crushing, and coming to nothing. Every other lover fade away. Till there's only you that remains. Looking in our eyes and saying, I am yours and you are mine. I am not a far off God. But I am very near and I am a very present help in time of trouble. Thank you, Jesus, for your friendship.